Good morning and welcome again to St. Paul's. Let's pray together. Loving God, strengthen our faith through these words and through the meditations of our hearts so that we may at last behold your glory face to face. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. We do not lose heart. This is how St. Paul begins this section of our reading this morning. And I find myself wondering how many people in this room and watching online have felt disheartened lately. How many have felt discouraged or anxious or overwhelmed, unsure how to get through this stage, this phase, this place in your life. Maybe you're dealing with work stress, with a difficult boss or colleagues, or a job transition, and you find yourself awake at night, tossing and turning. Maybe your kids are going through a tough time, at school or in their personal lives, and you feel helpless to help them. And maybe you hold the guilt of that. Maybe you're caring for aged parents, and the burden sometimes feels overwhelming. Maybe your own relationship has failed or is struggling, and you are walking through the long, messy process of healing and trying to find a new path forward. Or maybe you're aging yourself or dealing with illness, and you're trying to figure out who you are as you slowly lose abilities that once came naturally. Maybe you're just graduating this spring from high school or college, and beginning the messy process of figuring out what to do with your life, and the stress feels overwhelming. I've had the privilege of hearing some of your stories, and I know that these represent just a few of the challenges that we face as we walk through life. And for those who don't find themselves in any of these situations this morning, for those who aren't feeling stressed, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm happy for you. And chances are you know somebody who is going through something like this. But we do not lose heart. We're almost at the end of our E100 preaching series. Next week, Bishop Kevin is going to wrap us up with a confirmation service here and a look at the final chapter, the final book in the Bible, Revelation. And this will wrap up our whole E100 series. And this week, the penultimate week, we have the apostles' teaching. We have four key leaders represented in the readings this week. Peter, Paul, James, and John, all familiar names. And a lot of core Christian doctrine as well. And today, we get some vital news from St. Paul about our hope in the midst of life's difficulties. The Apostle Paul wrote these words to the church in Corinth. And it comes in the middle of a passage about stress. A few verses earlier, we hear Paul say, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Paul knows what it is like to face stress. Later on in 2 Corinthians, he lists the many challenges he personally has gone through. Imprisonment, beatings, 
shipwrecks. And get this, not one shipwreck, but three shipwrecks. One which left him adrift on the sea for all through the night and the next day. Danger of all kinds. Hunger and thirst. Sleeplessness and, believe it or not, work anxiety. I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches, he says. That's his job. That's his work. Now, the Corinthian church, a church that he has wrestled with, argued with, been in conflict with, loved, and pastored, is going through their own affliction. And Pastor Paul has an important message for them, one that I think applies equally to us in our very different 21st century context. And that message is twofold, that nothing we're going through here is wasted, and that our afflictions will not last forever. Paul writes, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not at what can be seen, but what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Nothing is wasted. The most amazing thing about the good news of the gospel is that everything we go through here, including every affliction and every hard thing that we ever experience, all of it can be transformed. According to what Paul is saying here, God is able to use everything in this life, no matter how painful, to prepare us for something so glorious we can't even imagine it. The Christian author C.S. Lewis has an image of this from his book, The Great Divorce, which is a fictional imagining of the afterlife, and it's worth a read if you haven't read it. This is what he says, and forgive his gendered language, he was writing in a different time. That is what mortals misunderstand. They say of some temporal suffering, no future bliss can make up for this not knowing that heaven, once attained, will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory. And of some sinful pleasure, they say, let me have but this, and I'll take the consequences. Little dreaming how damnation will spread back and back into their past and contaminate the pleasure of the sin. Both processes begin even before death. The good man's past begins to change so that his forgiven sins and remembered sorrows take on the quality of heaven. The bad man's past already conforms to his badness and is filled only with dreariness. And that is why the blessed will say, we have never lived anywhere except heaven. And the lost, we were always in hell. And both will speak truly. Heaven working backwards, transforming our agony into glory. That's the first thing that Paul says. And the second half of his message here to the Corinthian church is that suffering does not last forever. To live in this broken world means suffering. And I'm guessing that almost 100% of you know this truth already, if not 100. Paul's reminder, though, is that it is temporary. And a day is coming when this temporary suffering will be swallowed up by life because we are not created to be mortal, but to be eternal. There's a reason that people don't like getting old. 
There's a reason we try to avoid death, and it's laid out right here in this passage. God has prepared us for this very thing, that what is mortal might be swallowed up by life. Our longing to be free of aging, our groaning for something better, our longing for life, it's God-given. And it's something that God promises to satisfy in due time. And we are given a down payment of that promise in the Holy Spirit, which we'll hear about in a couple weeks on Pentecost. So we are given these two encouragements in the face of suffering. Nothing that we go through here, none of our afflictions are wasted, but can be used through God's merciful hand to prepare us for glory. And this situation will not last forever. We are created for eternal life. But to believe all this requires faith. And faith is not always easy to hold on to because it's invisible. The definition of faith from another letter in the New Testament, from the letter of Hebrews, says this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. This is what it means to believe in an invisible God. We walk by faith, not by sight. And this has been a constant call for God's people all through time. Ever since an invisible God revealed himself to Abraham, We've seen it all the way from the beginning of the E100 series, right from Abraham's call to believe. We saw that by faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Isaac invoked blessings on the future of Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob blessed his children. By faith, Joseph spoke of the exodus that would come long after he died. By faith, Moses left Egypt. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. And all of these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive in this lifetime what was promised. Each of them walked through the same life, with the same struggles that face all of humanity, holding on to faith in an invisible God. And they kept the faith. Hebrews says again, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary in your souls or lose heart. This is what we are invited into this morning, to join in this great long line of people stretching back through time who have endured struggles and who have kept the faith. But it needs to be said, faith is hard to hold on to. Having belief in an invisible God is not easy for any single person on earth. And maybe for some of you here today, you haven't yet experienced what it means to have faith in God. And that's okay. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you're welcome in this place. Or maybe you used to be there. Maybe you used to have a strong faith, 
and maybe circumstances or just simply lack of nurturing has let it dwindle. Or maybe it's ebbed and flowed over time. Sometimes you feel so strong in your faith and sometimes so weak. Chances are it isn't always strong. The Gospel of Mark tells of the father of a little boy who needs healing. And this father comes up to Jesus and he says to him, please do this if you are able. And Jesus says, if I can, all things are possible to him who believes. And the father's reply is, I believe, help my unbelief. And the little boy is healed. Doesn't that describe our faith so often? I believe, but help my unbelief. And then to the disciples, who knew that their faith was so small, they said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus looked at them and he said, faith the size of a mustard seed is enough. Faith the size of a mustard seed is enough. So try planting that tiny seed of faith in God and watch as he helps you grow an eternal perspective. So we do not lose heart. There will come a day when sorrow and suffering will cease. There will come a day when we get new bodies, a heavenly dwelling, mortality swallowed up by life, and what these things look like or mean exactly, nobody knows. And the Bible itself has all kinds of different pictures for what they, what they are. There's all sorts of great imagery in the Bible, but I like some of these verses the best. This is from the book of Revelation. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And once more from Paul's passage today, what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Whatever it looks like, it is prepared for us by God, and we know that it will be good. Sometimes we get a little glimpse of this glory in this life, the eternal glory leaking through into this life. And so with this little story, I'll close. In another church, oh, <laughs> one little story first, Josh, thanks. <laughs> In another church, I had a parishioner. And this parishioner lived in a nursing home. She was 100 years old when I met her, and she lived on the third floor of a nursing home right at the back in a dark, pretty small little room. And this was her whole world. She had no legs. She had lost both legs years and years before, and she was confined to her bed. She struggled with phantom pains off and on quite regularly, which could sometimes be agonizing. And you would think that walking into this room of this elderly woman who had no legs, nowhere to go, and this was all she was going to face for the rest of her life, you would think that it would have been so depressing and hard. And my friends, I walked into that room, and every single time I walked into light and glory 
this woman had understood that her slight momentary affliction was preparing for her, her for an eternal weight of glory, and she allowed that to fill her with joy. And she, in turn, gave life to me every single time I walked into that room. So, beloved, hold fast. Do not lose heart. Whatever your situation is, God knows it, God loves you, and God is preparing you for more joy than you can imagine. Keep the faith, knowing that one day all affliction will cease and we will know glorious life. Thanks be to God. Amen.